It's your boy Tommy V of Raw Sex, and we're going to jump right into it. And I have a powerful message for everybody under the sound of my voice, all right? So just walk with me here. What I want to talk to you guys about today is very important, very imperative. Uh, this is very important. So basically, I'm just going to come out and just say it like this. You need to be careful dealing with people in your life. And this goes for everybody. This goes for your relationships, your like romantic relationships. This goes for your friendships, business partnerships, even yes, even business partnerships and um, friends and even family, even close family, like even your mom, even your dad, even your brothers and sisters. Okay, Um, you need to be careful as a child of God dwelling in a tabernacle of people who are not believers. I'll say that again. You need to be careful as a child of God dwelling in a sanctuary of people who are not followers of Christ. Now, I'm not saying to look down on them. I'm not saying that the people you hang out with have to be these perfect, flawless, wannabe, perfect, actually, people. But what I'm saying is that if somebody around you doesn't believe in a higher power, right? In particular, the higher power that most of my audience believes in, right? Yahweh, right? The Father who are in heaven. They don't follow the moral compass that we see in the Bible, right? You can't really expect much from them. I'm going to tell you why. They're always vulnerable to spiritual undertaking. What that means is that we battle not with flesh and blood, right? Y'all know that verse, right? What we battle with the spiritual world, right? So these people, they are more vulnerable to that. Why? They don't pray. They probably have or will or would blaspheme the Lord because, you know, these days that's just a cool thing to do for some reason. I mean, you can't call a gay person... Um, the F word, right? You can't uh, say certain things about Asian people or Jews and things of that nature, but for some reason, you can just go anywhere and just say, you know, the F word and then put God after it or say things like that. You know, that, that's, that's normal today, but, you know, whatever. My whole thing is this. What you guys have to realize is that we're at the point now where these, these different types of people are everywhere, and they're very close. Um, everybody, no one lives in uniform anymore, so you really can't tell who's who. But you, you, you can always ask. And I'll tell you one thing. It's a very straightforward question. And it comes with a pretty straightforward answer. Don't judge them by their hair, their tattoos, or things you might have heard about them, or things you may know about them. Just simply ask them that. Because I tell you right now, you're better off dealing with a criminal who reads his Bible every day than somebody who lives a legal lifestyle that doesn't. Because he's always going to have a, or she is always going to have a moral compass. There's always that moral foundation that goes beyond typical morals, right? There's the fear of God. There's the fear of a separation. And trust me, you're talking to someone who's been there and I've been around these kind of people too as well even while I wasn't like them and when I was like them and I'm telling you right now people who have a relationship with God are always going to remember that 
it don't matter how far they stray away, especially once they're reminded. And you can always bring that up. Think of it like this. Some of y'all might be familiar with, with, with gangs, right? Gang politics and things of that nature, right? Well, what I learned from being around gang members as as what they would call a civilian, somebody who's not in the gang, is they may not always get along. They may not always agree. They might even be from different types of the gang. For example, we'll say Bloods, right? They might be Pyru. They might be Brim. They might be whatever. But because of that code, because of that 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 blood thing, they always have the chance to kind of sway that back and forth on each other. So there's always that reminder like, hey, no matter what you say to me, no matter what you do, bro, we're both bloods. So there's a certain way that we have to handle this. Even if we don't like it, even if we don't agree with it, even if we're upset right now in the moment, we always have to keep in mind that we're bloods. So there is a certain code and there's a certain rules and there's a certain image that we must maintain and reputation that we must maintain. And it's the same thing within uh, I loosely use this term, the Christian community, right, of followers of Christ, people who believe in the Bible, people who believe in a higher power. They believe in God. You can't expect really much from people who aren't like that. Now, I'm not saying that a Christian won't do you wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But the same way how let's go back to the gang metaphor I just used or analogy, the, the blood may do the other blood wrong. There's always somebody and something that can come in between that and lay things down because of that that code, right? Same thing with the police. You think all police agree with what other police do? No, but we'll never know because they will never let you know. They will they will never tell on each other. They will never arrest another cop. They will never check him in front of the people that they're uh, violating, right? They have a uh, I think there's, I think there's an actual term for it that police have. There's like a certain code of blue or something like that where they, they no matter what, they don't go against each other. And if they do, they dang sure don't do it in public. See, so I've been in my personal life dealing with this myself. And I've been watching someone that's very close and dear to me also deal with it as well. Right. And what I want you to real, what I, what I've been, what we've been discussing is the fact that at the end of the day, what we have to always remember is these people don't serve God. So when we see certain things, we wonder why this is happening. And well, they don't have that same moral code. They don't have that same thing, you know? And, um, they are going through potential spiritual undertakings. You never know what exactly that they're dealing with. You never know exactly what they may be going through. You never know these things because they don't have that 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 to fall back on. They don't have these things to to fall back on. And what I've also learned, especially when I was in the world, once you get out of the world, and this is something a lot of Christians are going to have a hard time struggling with, especially newcomers, new baby Christians, believers, you know, new to the faith, is there's a spirit that comes on you. See, when we walk through this earth, we see each other. But what we don't realize is that we have angels and demons all around us, literally at war. You know, literally at war. And there's a spirit. Our spirits see the other spirit. You may not see through that spiritual eye if you're not tapped into your spirit just yet. But whether you're tapped into it or not, it's happening. And I've, and I've noticed this in my own life when I would go back around people who I know are still in the world and they don't believe in God, they don't pray, they don't fast, they don't do nothing. 
right? Not disrespecting them. I'm just telling the truth. And they don't really vibe with me the same no more. Like, it's like, it's almost like, it's almost like sitting in front of like an ex, you know? It's just like, hey, we used to really get along and have fun. And now it's just like nothing, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's not a hatred, but it's just almost like a kind of like, what it is is we're vibrating on different frequencies spiritually. See, my mom is is a full-time, full-devoted Christian, right? And when I was living in the world, I noticed I couldn't really be around her for too long without just feeling this natural irritation. And I felt it also coming from her as well, that she would be irritated with me. We could be doing nothing. But after maybe, we could be around her for like maybe five, ten minutes. And then after that, it's just irritating. And then it comes out, right? And then we go to clashing. I also remember a time when I couldn't listen to gospel music. It could even sonically sound good but it would just like irritate me and i used to even think consciously like why is this irritating me so much i'm not a big fan of metal or um even certain country music but it doesn't irritate me it doesn't irritate my soul it just be like i don't want to hear it yeah i'll walk away from it if i skip it through a race i'll definitely turn it off asap but it doesn't irritate my spirit but gospel music would irritate my spirit and when I was in Panama City last year, I was talking to somebody in the ministry and they were we were noticing how we were well, we were really discussing how people would leave the pool when the gospel music would come on. But even the country's white man would stay there, even though there's some rap music playing. He don't like the rap music, but he'll sit there. People will complain if you play gospel music too loud. Because what it is, is it irritates their spirit. They may hate rap music. They may think rap music is disgusting and it defiles women and it's violent and it's useless. But they don't really complain the same way they would complain if you would start playing some gospel music. Why? It's not because the gospel music is just sonically terrible. Gospel music is music. It has instruments and the instruments can never be terrible. What it is, is it's what's being said. And you know how I know? Now you got this modern gospel music that don't sound like gospel music. It sound like rap music or pop music. But the words be the words of God. And you'll play it next to somebody. They'll be like, oh, what that is? Okay, what that is? And when they start listening to the words, they'll be like, oh. Or you tell them the name of the artist. You might be like, oh, that's Kirk Franklin. they would be like, mm. Okay. And they walk away. Right? I've noticed even when I deal with the customers I deal with, God bless you. Mm. They kind of have a certain look on their face like, why you say that to me, right? If I say, have a, I say, have a nice day to anybody and they go with it. It's a frequency thing. We're not on the same frequency. And what you have to come to terms with is sometimes that frequency changes fast. And you will lose a connection with people around you. This is why they tell Christians, before you get married, make sure you and your partner are equally yoked. You see what I'm saying? See, what I didn't like was when I was in the word world you would hear certain terms and you didn't know what they meant so let me explain to you to a certain extent what i have perceived what that means well what is yoke yoke is like bondage so we have to be equally bonded to the same thing yeah yeah see what i'm saying that's why jesus said um my burden is light and my yoke is easy i, I don't don't always quote me but something along those terms google it you, you you'll see that's what it says um and yeah so somewhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? So when he's saying that, he's saying like, what I request from you is easy compared to what the world requests from you. And I want, let me go off topic really quick and, and, and explain that even more. Cause I, I, I know somebody's having a question right now. I know somebody's having a question, right? Somebody's having a question right now. They're saying, well, how can the burden be easier when I have to 
stop having sex with everybody and I have to stop doing these things. Yeah, but what what did those things put a burden on you? There's a big difference between having sex with one person, you know, your wife or the person you're about to get married to compared to having sex with all these people. You got to worry about performing really good because you only have one time to show off yourself, not a whole lifetime. You have a different burden of when you're smoking and drinking, you got to stop what you're doing to go smoke. You got to, oh man, we ain't got no lighter. I used to smoke mad weed. You know how frustrating it used to be when you can't find the relatives you want? Or your lighter don't work? Or you put your lighter down and all of a sudden it gets feet and walks away? Or the weed you buy ain't good? That is like, and then the liquor stores close. And if you smoke cigarettes, oh, they don't got your favorite cigarettes. Oh, you can't smoke over here. And you at your grandma's house and you know she likes you, you angry, you, you anxious. Yes, that is way more of a burden than what God wants from us. And if you give your life to God, trust me, it don't feel like a burden. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I love what I do right now. It don't feel like work. That's why I can, quote unquote, work for 10, 15 hours a day. And people are like, hey, you work all that? Yeah, I, I don't care because it don't feel like work because I enjoy it. See, the problem, the reason why you hear so much complaints from certain Christians because they don't really enjoy it. They might be using God for a free pass or what they think is a free pass to heaven or just to say that they did this in their life or maybe to get out of a jail situation or a court or something like that or they're in a bad situation. But they don't actually have a true passion. Anything in life like that, job, relationship, friendship, if it feels like that much of a burden, you probably don't like it as much as you think. I don't know why you're there, but you don't like it as much as you think. You don't have a genuine thing for it. When we have a genuine thing for it, you take on even the bad stuff. When you love somebody, oh, you love the good times. You deal with the bad times, too, because you love the person. There's a passion there. So you'll ignore them if they smack when they eat. You'll, you'll ignore their little attitude they might have every now and then. You'll ignore even when they're mad at you because you you looking at the bigger picture. See, so when you're around these people who don't have that same spiritual foundation, they don't have that same... You know, uh, I hate this word. I really do, but I'm going to say it, and I know I'm going to chop it up. They don't have that same solidarity. I hope I said it the right way. They don't have that foundation, and you're wondering why things are just going left all the time between y'all. That's why. First of all, number one, y'all not on the same frequency. Y'all don't serve the same masters. They have fleshly desires. They put things, they have a different perspective of life. Life to them is I got to get the nicest car. I got to get the most money. I got to look good. I got to you, 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 you get these things naturally, but you don't let them be your priority. That's not your priority. Family's your priority. Love is your priority. Compassion is your priority. Peace and serenity is your priority. They don't mind chaos as long as they can drive the nicest Benz. They don't mind chaos as long as they got the longest hair. They don't mind. We don't want chaos. How is me and you going to sit next to each other when we have two completely different desires? So I want to read you guys something. Give me a second. This is going to take a second for me to pull up. Okay? I want you guys to hear what I'm saying and, and understand it. You know, and this is important too, what I'm about to read to you. This, this is very important, what I'm about to read to you. And of course, things go slow when you need it, right? got to be careful when dealing with people who don't have a relationship with God because Satan can easily use them. Satan knows. Now, listen very closely. Satan knows God has something good coming your way or he is protecting you from something. So the devil wants you to mess that up. 
because only you can mess it up y'all don't let them little insecure people get you knocked off remember you belong to royalty it may be hard but just try and remain humble because these folks are devils out here we battle not with flesh and blood they know not what they do don't let them get you in the way of your blessing or make god turn his face away from you straight up watch out i'm not saying they have to be perfect but if they aren't striving to live how God wants us to, get them minions away from you and keep them squares out of your circle. Now, I want to go back over a few things so you understand me clearly. When I say, I want to go back to this part right here. I said, do not let, I wrote this by the way. Do not let them get you in the way of your blessing or make God turn his face away from you. Somebody said, what do you mean make God turn his face away from you? Well, what does sin mean, right? Ultimately, sin is something that separates you from God, right? It separates you from not just from God, but from what God wants for you, right? Which will lead to a form of perfection. See what I'm saying? And how do we know this? Well, let's let's go back to some of the first sins that we ever that we ever seen recorded. Adam and Eve in the Bible, right? What did it do? It separated them, right? From that closeness that they had to God. Remember, Adam was what? He used to what? Walk with God in the garden in the cool of the day, right? He would talk directly to God, right? He had dominion over the animals, right? He had vegetation to his abundance, right? To his perfect manifestation, right? Yo, I hate when I'm sitting in a car and somebody come park right next to me and there's like a million empty parking spots. Like, literally, like, why Why would you do that, right? And see, see, look at me right now. Look, there's a good example. I let the devil distract me from what I'm supposed to be doing, okay? That he probably, I'm literally in the back of a parking lot. I don't know what made the dude come park all the way over here. There's a lot of other places he could have parked, right? Okay, and I, I know he's gonna get out of the car and make a bunch of noise. I can tell by the way he pulled up. So here, here, here's what I'm saying. When God, so when you when you sin and God turns his face away from you, because he loves you, right? And as much as we may love our, think about it this way. We're God's children, right? So think about it the same way you look at your kids. When your kids are doing certain things, not that you hate them, but you don't want to just sit there and watch them destroy yourself. Mind you, they have free will. So think of them as adult kids, not your little children, because your little children, you're going to intervene. But God don't want to intervene on our free will. So when you out there doing certain things, especially detestable sins, right, especially like sexual immorality and drunkenness and things like that, God going to turn his face away from you when you keep doing it. He's going to give you a chance after the chance. That's called grace. Right? He's going to extend you grace. But once he's going to give you too much grace, he turned his face away from you. He turned his face away from you. That protects uh, that that you have from him looking at you, the demons that are staying away from you, the devil, the devil's snares and traps that are waiting to grab you, right? In the Bible, uh, the, God told Cain before he killed Abel to be careful, for a sin is crouching at your door, w- waiting to grab you, right? So, and he knew once it grabs you, it's got you. God extends mercy. Remember, they say, "No weapon formed against you shall prosper." People forget the part where it says. No weapon formed against you, meaning weapons are still going to form. But while God has got you, see what I'm saying? While you are living in your righteousness, while you are living in the right way, you have the protection. The weapons will form all day. But you ain't got nothing to worry about because they will form against you, but they won't harm you. See what I'm saying? But when he turns his face away from you, you are now, I'm not saying something is going to happen. But you are now also vulnerable as well. And what are you vulnerable to? Trouble. You're vulnerable to meeting the wrong woman. You're vulnerable to reading the wrong man. You're vulnerable to ending up dead. You're vulnerable to jail. You're vulnerable to things that have been probably sitting there waiting for you for years. You're vulnerable to different illnesses. 
right? And we know illness can be a product of sin. Because remember in the Bible, when Jesus was going around healing people from illnesses, what would he tell them? He would say, you've been forgiven. Go forth and sin no more. So you got to think, here's a guy that's blind, right? Which we would look at as a natural cause. And when Jesus heals him, the first thing he says to him is, you've been forgiven? Hmm, that must mean that this must be a product of some form of sin. I'm not saying that if you sin, you know, y'all yeah, like, oh, I'm not blind. Yeah, but there's different things that are you never know. So, uh, and I said, do not let them get you in the way of your blessing, right? That kind of is the same thing. A lot of the times, God is doing both. He's protecting us from things that have been waiting to harm us and hurt us, people, things, places, whatever the case may be, uh, even thoughts. Yeah, believe it or not, when God lets you when God lets you go into your sins, they eat you alive, right? The, even thoughts or um, uh, different desires, they will they will consume you more than they've ever consumed you before. You think you used to watch porn a lot back then? Don't let God let you fall into your lust the way you the way you keep chasing after that lust. You're gonna watch porn l l like it's like you can't help it. You're gonna watch porn till you t to turn blue in the face. Oh, you wanna you wanna smoke? You gonna you gonna smoke smoke? You gonna be like Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg had a baby, and it's gonna be you driving you crazy. And I'm telling you right now, that's what these people around you are trying to do. That's what they're trying to get you to do. They see it in you. Some of them are doing it consciously. Yeah, some of them are doing it consciously, but some of them you have to forgive all of them. But some of them you have to definitely forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And they're being used. You know why? Because, like I said, they don't have the spirit of God. They don't pray. They don't. They don't. They're. Not, they don't. They don't even probably don't even believe in God. So they have easily be used to try to get you knocked off. And see, the devil is going to do the things. See, who did I learn with the devil? And a pastor said this one time. He said something like, "When the devil can't get you to sin, he'll get you distracted." The devil ain't stupid. He knows that, like, okay, you're at a point in life now where you're not going to do some of the same things you used to do. God has taken them things from you. He's taken the desires from you. And you're not going to go out there and do some of those same things. But there's probably still something afflicting you. You probably still might be holding on to anger issues or impatience. Or you might have road rage. Like me, I have, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I struggle with road rage. Um, it's, it's, it's become verbal, but it'll be verbal where I'll be like, what you want to do? What you, you want to pull over right here? Like, you know, like, so that's what the devil going to do. He's going to make sure you on that road at that time. This person going to be on that road at a time. They're going to cut you off. They're going to flick you off. They're going to hang out the window, throw stuff at you, whatever. The best thing you can do when you know the devil is trying to tempt you to do wrong and he's trying to provoke you is literally laugh in his face, rebuke him and turn to turn, turn the gospel music up. Dance, pray. You know, don't even get, don't even let them get you down. That's the best thing you do is look at them and be like, Shh. once you peep it, you know what I'm saying? Once you peep the enemy, you're like, oh, I see what's going on. Y'all trying to get me out of me. You should actually begin to celebrate and thank God right now. You know what that means? Because the devil, don't, he don't mess with, he don't mess with useful, useless people. That means if the devil is trying to, to, to anger you, if he's trying to get you to fall into some type of weird sins, He's trying to get you uh, angry and, and upset or insecure and think that you can't do nothing. Or he's hitting you with guilt from your past, things you've already repented from. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Okay. Um, when, when he's trying to do that, it's because he knows that there's something good coming for you. That means you should celebrate. 
I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to myself. We're talking together. That means it's time to celebrate because you got something on the way, my brother, my sister. You hear me? You got something good coming for you. All right? You probably got something good coming for you and God is protecting you from something. And that's why he's coming for you. The devil know who God got his eyes on. Yeah, you special. That's why you listen to this episode. So that's why you done found this episode on Spotify. Be sure to check out podcasts for Spotify if you want to get your own show. Yeah. And if you're not listening to this on Spotify, please, when you recommend this episode, recommend it on Spotify. Thank you. All right. I need my coins. Now, check this out. Like I'm saying, God knows that. And God might be sitting back testing your seat to see what you're going to do since you talk a big game. You're like, well, let me see what you're going to do. He, he could stop you. He could warn you. And he will through the Holy Spirit. And it might not always sound the way you think it's going to sound. Right. It might be one little voice. Don't do that. Listen to it. Don't do it. Don't fall for the trickery. All right. God going to sit back and he's going to be like, you know what? Let me see what he does. Let me see what you do. You know what you do? You pray for that person. And like I said, you turn that gospel music up. It ain't got to be gospel music. It don't got to be gospel music. It don't have to be music. I mean that literally or metaphorically. You see what I'm saying? You get to praise and the worship and you get to thanking God because you know what that means. Behind every single devil is a new level. They don't want me in my bag. They want me in a box. They don't want me in my bag. They want me in a box. Behind every devil is a new level. And also remember this. For every new level is a new devil. It never stops. What it will do is it will get to the point where, like the, like the Bible says, you resist the devil and he will flee. He'll know. He'll just know, like, you know what? I can't mess with bro. I just can't do it. You remember in the Bible when Jesus goes up to the wilderness and he fasts for like 40 days and 40 nights and the devil comes to him showing him all this stuff, tempting him in different ways with money and power. Oh, if you say you are who you are, then can you do this? And can you fall and you won't blah, 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 blah. You know, what's funny about that. He actually quotes a Bible verse. And if you actually go and read the Bible verse, when he says, you know, you will fall and you won't um, you won't dash your foot upon a stone. He stops there. Let me show you how tricky the devil is. I'm going to expose the devil to y'all right now. Let me show you how the devil is. He don't show you everything. Let me show you something right now. For anybody who's thinking about becoming a believer, just know you either serve one or the other. And right now you might possibly be serving the wrong one. Let me show you why you need to come over to the winning team. Let me show you how tricky the devil is. If you keep reading, the next two verses talk about trampling a serpent under your foot. You know what a great serpent is, right? It's him. He didn't want to mention that to Jesus, but he, he, he should already know who Jesus was. So he should have known that Jesus knew about that. But he didn't go that far. He just said three little lines from that um, Bible verse. I can't remember which Bible verse it is that in, off the top of my head. But just know that. He didn't go that far for a reason. He don't want to admit that he knows he's already defeated. Only you can give him the power to defeat you. He's already defeated. Can I get an amen? Hell wasn't created for us. It was created for him. He just needs people down there with him. You don't want to be one of those people. Don't let him win. I don't. I know I can't hear you. But right now, I want you to say victory. Victory is mine in the in the Lord. Victory is mine. He knows that. He knows that, and that's why he wants you angry. That's why he wants you to fall into them old sins. Cause you know why he wants you to fall into them old sins? Not so you can fall into the sin of the punishment. So you can feel guilty. So then when you feel guilty, you feel separated from God. So you go sue little fig leaves together and cover yourself in your nakedness like Adam and Eve. Did. Y'all don't hear me though, because they don't want me in my bag. They want me in a box.
That was the separation. Before God came to Adam and Eve and punished them, they had already separated themselves. They felt guilty. That's what the devil is ultimately after with people who are at least at a certain level of strength where you know he know you ain't going to just fully fall. He wants you to fall just enough so you can feel guilty. So you can feel like you can't be used. You can feel like there's no way that I can be one of them ones. It's no way that I'm a child of God. It's no way because look, I just cussed. Look, I kept looking at that girl. Look, I just looked at that man. No, when you go through that, you give all of that to God. And I guarantee you, the Bible say and there's no lie in that book that for every temptation there is and trust me when I tell you there is a way out and sometimes that way is not fighting it that's why you have a God that's why you're on the winning team that's why you can't deal with these bottom dwellers because they don't have the winning team with them you let one of them in your car y'all might crash can I get you don't understand this man you better learn the story of Jonah you better understand why that storm came because they had Jonah on their boat and Jonah was doing something he ain't had no business doing he was running from God and God told him you gotta throw Jonah off the boat so you can float and they casted Jonah off that boat and they made it home safely you've got to know that You've got to know that. You've got to feel it in your spirit. Say, I have victory in God. The devil's already defeated. He just want me to go to the same place. He's gone because he hates humans. Because we were special to God. He's jealous. He knows what you got coming. He knows you better go read the story of Job. Can I get an amen? Come on now. Y'all don't want me. Y'all don't want me to become no pastor or no preacher on the side. Because I'm going to expose what's going on out here. I'm going to expose it. I need you to wake up to this so you don't fall for the trap no more. Say it right now. I'm not going to fall for the trap no more. Say it again. Say, I am not going to fall for the trap no more. Don't say more. Say more. Say, I am not going to fall for the trap no more. They don't want me in my bag. They want me in a box. Got me in here sweating. Got me in here sweating. Lucky I ain't got no perm. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, got me in here sweating. Turn the heat up. Turn the heat up. This is the only heat we want to feel. We ain't going to the flames. Am I right? We ain't going to the lake of fire. That, ain't, that was not built for us. That, was, that is not built for us, buddy. That's not built for us, Craig. I'm telling you right now. It wasn't built for us. It was built for him and that one third of angels he took with him from heaven. That's who it was built for. Who you going to follow? You going to follow Christ or you going to follow him to his home where he's going to go for eternity? The devil knows that you are anointed. He knows that you've been chosen. He knows that you have been called. He knows that you have been delivered. He sees it. Trust me. The demons, his minions, whoever, they all see it. You better pay attention and and, 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 and and get right before you get left. This goes to not just you listening, but to myself as well. The most beautiful woman in the world put it in my heart to share this message. God gave me the spirit to be able to convey it 
in a way that all will understand. So now what I'm asking you to do is to take heed to this message. Save it somehow so you bookmark it on your phone so you know what to come back to it if you ever need it. And then share it. And please, like I said, please. I mean, just, you know, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Share it on Spotify if you can. You know what I'm saying? Help a brother out. You feel me? Like, seriously. This message is not to help me get famous or make me feel no type of way. I don't got none of my information on my page. You can't even find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kept it away for a reason. I ain't got no booking info, no email. You can't find me. This ain't for me. It's for you. It's for us. It's your boy Tommy V of Raw Sex and I'm out.